Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Hobgoblin race. This is part of our race overview series where we go over all the possible player races. And this is part of the featured races. It is 9 RP. So that's uh, the points used to make this creature. Are Hobgoblins really strongly represented in any, like popular fantasy like i didn't really watch a lot of them like lord of the rings have hobgoblins or are those just orcs you know i don't know there was like orcs and then there was like lesser orcs and there's a rukai and i just know it's from the movies so i can't i couldn't really tell you I, I, don't, I don't feel like hobgoblins have a strong representation anywhere and that i feel like this carries over to pathfinder They're, they don't have a very strong representation in pathfinder i find when I think of Hobgoblins, I actually think of the, the Spider-Man villain. The, it was like the analog to the Green Goblin. He was oh. some, some other crook that found the dead Green Goblin stuff and was like, oh, I'm the Green Goblin now, but my mask is gray and I'm the Hobgoblin! Oh, I'm different. Uh, <laughs> that's what I think of. In Pathfinder, Hobgoblins aren't people that go around on sweet skyboards, but instead they're kind of like medium-sized goblins is kind of like the way we I would generalize it. Yeah, I actually, I think they're like they're a mixture between an orc and a goblin. They get some more of the seriousness and the savagery from the orc, uh, but they have some kind of the futuristics that you might find in a goblin. An interesting thing to look at is that the, um, the hobgoblins are part of kind of a trifecta of races. You have goblins, hobgoblins, and uh, bugbears. They're actually all very closely related, and they're all goblinoid creatures. Goblins are chaotic evil bugbears are neutral evil and hobgoblins as we'll see are lawful evil in their societal norms oh i never knew this yes well let's talk about what they look like they're burly and muscled so i'll take them out on a date i mean maybe we'll see how it goes to see if they've got a good personality uh they stand a few inches shorter than the average human oh that's a point away from my life i like them tall uh and their long arms thick torsos and relatively short legs give them an almost ape-like stature oh I'm sorry, I just can't do this. Uh, it's swiping right. It's, it's not left. me, it's you. You're like an ape. I'm not a big fan of monkeys. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, swiping left. Hobgoblin's skin is a sickly gray-green that darkens to mossy green after long exposure to the sun. I kind of like that. I like the gray hue. All right, you're coming back up on my, my, little, my little meter here. Their eyes burn fiery orange or red, and their broad faces and sharply pointed ears give their features a somewhat feline cast. Oh, we know what we like about cats here. What's going up? <laughs> Hobgoblins lack facial hair. Up, up, up. And even hobgoblin women are bald. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Except for their size, hobgoblins bear strong physical resemblance to their goblin cousins. Uh, they are between 4 feet and 4 inches and 5 feet 6 inches. And between 175 and 245 pounds. Hobgoblins are adults of 14, which is just one year less than humans. And uh, they're middle-aged at 30, old at 45, venerable at 60, and can live up to 80 years. I said A80 like that because I was counting in my head as I was saying the word. <laughs> so they're just a little bit under humans, um, actually, which is interesting because, like, it's only like it, it goes up a little bit. Like, it's one year different when they get at adulthood, and then it goes up kind of just by a couple more. Just then two below, four below, six below. And interestingly, that is pretty far away from the goblins. From what I remember, the goblins actually lived like much less than the humans. Yeah, way less than humans. So though they look a lot like goblins, they don't share like the same physiology, I guess. You know, and we say look a lot like goblins. 
when I think of a goblin, I think of that big, like their their mouth, their teeth, that teethy smile takes up so much of their head, and their head is so much bigger than the rest of their body. Hobgoblins are a little more proportional. It's not quite that exaggerated. Hmm. I kind of think in them as you know, I didn't even consider this till now, but when I think of hobgoblin, I kind of think of the orcs from from Lord of the Rings because the orcs were kind of like kind of like elves, but they were like twisted. Mm-hmm. I think of these more like dark elves, and I think of Dro as dark elves because they still got the pointed ears, but they're kind of like I think of if you made them out of mud, like they made the orcs in Lord of the Rings, they would kind of look this way, it, unsymmetrical, kind of nasty, gnarled, but still reflecting their their kind of elven cousins. That's the way I kind of think of them. And the picture looks like in the advanced race guide. Society-wise, hobgoblins are militaristic, and they live in basically tyrannies. They have, like, these tiers of, like, an army you can rank up in, and they believe highly in slavery. Slavery is a very big thing in hobgoblin culture. They will take out military raids, and they'll go into other communities, maybe other hobgoblins, maybe goblins, and they will take them into slavery and have them do their dirty work for them. They're the bad boys of the Pathfinder featured races. You got them on their leather jackets, they're on their bikes, and you don't want them dating your daughter. <laughs> but they are fast and hardy. Uh, their ability scores are spread out like this. Plus two dex, plus two constitution. That's it. And this is why I thought they'd be way more than nine RP. Sometimes if I'm trying to make a, a build that doesn't have any drawbacks, what's that? Uh, if I'm like trying to min-max... Sometimes I'll pick them because I'm like, I need two decks, two con, perfect for a physical fighter guy. Yeah, it's really weird that they don't have any negatives. I think this would work best. Well, obviously rogues, um, but monks would get a big boost from this. That's just two physical store- scores right off the gate for them. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's weird to think of a hobgoblin monk. I know they're lawful, but I think of them more with, like, uh, chains, like dirty chains and whipping them around Definitely. Things like that. Oh, so now if we just need to set their head on fire, and now they are the the, the Ghost Rider. That <laughs> <laughs> we've already given the jacket and the bike. Talk me about their type. They are humanoids with the goblinoid subtype. They're medium. They have a base speed of thirty feet, and they speak common and goblin. And if they have high intelligence score, they can choose from draconic, dwarven, infernal, giant, and orc. All seems kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, I think this is the first one, really, where we didn't say anything about the bonus languages. Those all seem to fit fine. Uh, what about Infernal there? All right, you got... No. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, what speaks Infernal? That's the uh, language of what? Devils or demons? I'm going to assume devils, because they're the lawful version. Maybe they do a lot of trading of flesh to demons, that sort of motif. Since one they... of the reasons they're only 9 RP is that they only have one racial trait, and it's called Sneaky. They get a plus four racial bonus on stealth checks. Well, they also have dark vision, so they can see perfectly in the dark up to 60 feet. Is that which really can a... be pretty powerful. It is, but is it really like a trait? Are you like, mm, yeah, it's a <laughs> or, trait. Let's see with alternate racial traits if you can trade out this trait. I hope so, because, I mean, that's not the first thing I would think of with like with the way they set up hobgoblins. Like, we got the whole slavery th- sub-theme and the militaristic sub-theme, and they get a racial bonus to stealth. That seems a little strange to me. I guess it, you get you want to sneakily get in there to to, to steal people, <laughs> but they do have a few alternate uh, racial traits, and I think this might fit more with this theme that you're trying to get to, or that they're trying to get to. So they got bandy legged, which I didn't know bandy was a word. Uh, that's what I said when I was little, and it hurt my. I had a little boo boo in my toto. Kind of get a bandy. <laughs> uh, bandy legged hobgoblins have an even more exaggerated stature than other hobgoblins, with owed legs 
and massive shoulders. Owed legs. I don't know what that means. Christian, what does owed mean? Bowed. Oh, it's just a typo. <laughs> right. Hobgoblins with this racial trait gain a plus two racial bonus on climb checks and ride checks, and a plus two bonus to their CMD against bull rush or trip attempts while on solid ground. And the base speed goes down to 20 feet. So this modifies their speed. I like that one. That's a really cool one, actually. Take away some speed just to be more hardy in general with stuff revolving around your legs. Right. And having a, you know, climbing, if you're really going to do something where you're going to sneak away people in the middle of the night, you go up where they're not expecting it. Hey, we have our back to this to this gorge, so no one will come up, up here. Well, i got to plus do my climb check. I'm going to try to get up there. The next trait is battle-hardened. Incessant drills make defense second nature to some hobgoblins. Hobgoblins with this racial trait gain a plus one bonus to their CMD, and that is just a flat plus one bonus. This replaces Sneaky. I, I think I would normally take Sneaky over this. Yeah, CMD definitely matters like early game, so you don't get grappled and trip. but late game, it really doesn't matter what your CMD is. If something wants to trip you, it's probably going to do it. And if you're going to go a stealth build, there are some incredibly high stealth checks even when you are invisible, so you want that plus four. Like, plus four is so, so large. Mm -hmm. Usually it's a plus two on these things we see. In this case, it's just a plus one. They got Engineer. Uh, this replaces Sneaky, and Hobgoblin Engineers tinker endlessly with fire, explosives, and the engines of war. Hobgoblins with this racial trait gain plus two racial bonus on craft, alchemy, and knowledge engineering checks. Eh, again, I mean, I really want Sneaky, but it's still, it's getting a plus four, moving into a plus two and a plus two. But one of them's a knowledge check, so, I mean... You're going to have to swing that way if, if you're going to do that kind of a campaign. Next, they have Fearsome. Some hobgoblins scorn, caution, and subtlety for swagger and bluster. Ooh, swagger. Thinking of swiping right. I like bluster. Mm. <laughs> I Make will date. You know what? They're, the meter just went up a little bit. Hobgoblins with this racial trait gain a plus four racial bonus on intimidate checks. This obviously replaces sneaky. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's what you want instead. This is one of the ones I was talking about. Like, I, I would imagine them to have an intimidate check to be like a slave master would have to right. intimidate all the slaves they have kind of thing. Sure. And a plus four, again, as we saw, it is really big, especially for an intimidate check. This one has an intriguing title, Mage Hunter. Hobgoblins hate and fear arcane casters. Okay, well, you just can't generalize everybody like that. Mage Hunter gets a plus two bonus on spellcraft checks made to identify spell being cast and a plus one bonus on attack rolls against arcane spellcaster. That's an interesting requirement. He only gains this bonus against creatures that use spells and not against those that only use spell-like ability. This replaces Sneaky. Very, very flavorful. And I like that. I don't think there's anything else I've really read so far. It's like plus one if you're a caster or plus one against melee people. I know there's a feat somewhere that says it's very similar to this, but in order to get that bonus on the attack roll, you have to actually identify a spell that they're casting and confirm that it's arcane. Gotcha. But this just always works. Very interesting. I like that one. That is something we don't see a lot. Next, we have Pit Boss. Slave blood fuels the Hobgoblin war machine. Oh, that's a cool quote. I'm going to use that quote in my campaigns. <laughs> pit Bosses extract the last breath of labor from their charges with a liberal touch of the lash. Ooh, it gets even better. Ooh. Hobgoblins with this racial trait are proficient with whips and gain a plus one racial bonus on combat maneuver checks made to disarm tr or trip while using a whip. This replaces Sneaky. Only if you're going with a whip build. I don't really see another reason to do that. Yeah, and even, I mean, it's free proficiency with the whip. But whips are also like a huge feet dump that you have to do just to be able to use them appropriately. So this, this is something that you're going to know whether you're taking or not. It's very specific. 
They're scarred. A hobgoblin can scar himself with both blade and fire to toughen his hide into a mass of horny scars. Hobgoblins with this racial trait gain a plus one natural armor bonus to armor class. However, their repeated exposure to fire permanently damages their eyes. This replaces the dark vision racial trait. Interesting. Uh, I really like that one. It's not. It's it's very very flavorful. Yeah, I it's, think it's I something you picked, could really weave into the description of your character really well. I think I'd pick dark vision every time when it comes to like what's an efficient build though. Next is Slave Hunter. Hobgoblin slavers excel at tracking down runaway slaves and surviving in filthy conditions. Hobgoblins with this racial trait gain a plus two racial bonus on survival checks and a plus two racial bonus on fortitude saves against disease. This replaces Sneaky. I, again, I really like that. That fits really well with the flavor of Hobgoblins. Like, I feel like this is almost something that should be given to them in addition to Sneaky and just raise their RP a little bit. Would Mm -hmm. Would the race really be that powerful if it had both of these? Why don't we talk about that right after we hit the, the last one, Unfit. Hobgoblins who fail to secure a position in the military hold the lowest status in Hobgoblin society and quickly learn the value of currying favor with their betters. Hobgoblins, get a with this trait, gain proficiency in a single martial weapon and a plus one bonus on bluff and diplomacy checks. Replaces Sneaky. This is interesting because it gives you a proficiency all of a sudden. Yeah, and again, this one's probably the most flavorful. This is really something that you could make an entire backstory around a character like this. Mm-hmm. I think that... It's you could go to your GM and say, "Hey, can I get one or two of these uh, these alternate racial traits as just my standard racial trait since I'm only nine RP anyway?" And I think maybe as a GM, I would recommend you would consider that request, especially if they got a good backstory. If they're doing the scarred thing and they're talking about it, or the unfit thing, and it's talking about that in their backstory and it's part of their character, I think that might be a, a just fine way to reward them for their backstory. And even not like mechanically, like these are all just so very flavorful and were more what I was looking at to get off the base Hobgoblin. Right. Because now whenever you see a Hobgoblin, say, in any of the Paizer written published adventures, um, the vast majority of them are just going to use an NPC stat block that used the Hobgoblin race, and they're not going to have these cool alternate racial traits that kind of describe where they were in Hobgoblin society. Sure. You know, I think I think Paizer was worried because there was no there was no negative racial trait score the ability scores were both positive so i think they were worried about giving them too much uh, right. i do i i mean it's simple if you just ignore all backstory and and the way your character looks and you just want to make a good character it's like why wouldn't i pick a guy who has plus two and plus two i got no no backtracks here if, I, if i'm making you know that kind of a character so i think they're worried about that and don't want to make it too powerful he's got a few racial archetypes he's got fell rider which is for the cavalier which i think you ride some sort of horned beast i can't quite remember but you get kind of a monster as your mount and there's iron skin monk which hey you're talking about the monk perfect for the monk uh and again those are both just for the hobgoblin so why don't we go to a commercial real quick where we advertise to you our favorite listeners and we talk to you about some of our other favorite podcasts which oh they happen to be on the same network as ours look at that christian uh and then we'll get back and we'll finish up with some racial feats and some equipment Hi, I'm Caleb. And I'm Dom. And I'm David, and we're a part of the Trailblazers podcast. What is Trailblazers, you're asking yourself right now? Well, our podcast is difficult to describe. Yeah, it's kind of like a Senate meeting, except with less filibusters and more rolling for initiative. It's like going to the movies, except instead of watching professional actors create compelling storylines, you're listening to a bunch of guys just pretending to be professional actors. It's sort of like going skiing with your friends. If your friends were able to cast spells, wield swords, and there was no skiing involved. It's like going to court, but with less arguing and... Wait, no. There's probably about the same amount of arguing. It's like going to the bank, but instead of tellers behind the windows, it's just three guys role-playing. 
So if any of that sounds good to you, then you'll love our actual play podcast where we get together and play the Pathfinder role-playing game. We'd love to have you guys join us every Tuesday right here on the Trailblazer Network. Hope to see you there. So wait, it's just a couple of guys playing Dungeons and Dragons? No, 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 no. crazy? It's called Pathfinder. What, are you trying to get us sued? All right, we're back. Let's talk about some racial feats. First is deafening explosion. Your bombs explode with deafening force. You need to have the bomb class feature, so you need to be an alchemist. You may reduce your bomb damage by one die to give it the ability to deafen the creature struck by it. The bomb must deal fire, force, or sonic damage. If a creature takes a direct hit from your bomb, it must make a saving throw against the bomb's DC or be deafened for one minute. It's in addition to any other effects the bomb would normally have. That's interesting. I really like that. That's really neat. I don't know and, why um, it's just given to hobgoblins. <laughs> I mean, and losing just one die on your bomb damage, it's not too bad for deafening them, which I don't think mechanically is super strong. From an RP standpoint, deafening stuff is definitely really strong. Next, they have Demoralizing Lash. You need one rank in Intimidate, and you need to have at least one BAB. You cow your enemies with the lash of a whip. Ouch. To use this feat, you must use a whip. Ouch. Or or another weapon in the Flails Fighter Weapon Group to attack a foe demoralized by an Intimidate check. So you need to Intimidate them first, then hit them with a Flail or Whip. If the attack hits, you extend the duration the creature is shaken by one round. This feat has no effect on creatures whose shaking conditions are from a source other than Intimidate checks. Ah, uh, it seems pretty specific to me. Yeah. that's yeah. And, and I think by default, when you intimidate someone in combat, it's only for like a round or two anyway, so like you really... The timing on this is really strict. Taskmaster is the second part of this feat. You need Demoralizing Lash and Intimidate... Uh, and five ranks in Intimidate. You intimidate weaker allies into reckless ferocity. As a standard action, you spur an ally on... I'm going to add on who must have fewer hit dice than yourself to reckless effort for one minute. The ally gains plus one more bonus on attack rolls, weapon damage rolls, will saves against mind-affecting effects. However, they also take minus two penalty to AC on skill checks. Uh, wow, all of them, period. Uh, to affect an unwilling ally, you must succeed in an intimidate check, and with the same DC, you use to demoralize your ally. If you have ten or more ranks in intimidate, the morale bonus increases to plus two. Eh. Wait, the first thing throws me off because you need an ally with fewer hit dice than, your, than yourself, and I so very rarely have my players be different levels or something like that. Yeah, you're going to have to have some like NPCs coming with you. Ah, I'm just not a big fan of this guy. Oh, wait, you could have like a big, mean, disgruntled hobgoblin following your party around and like actually helping them, but doing it in a very hobgoblin way, so like, <laughs> they're kind of angry at him, but he's actually really helping. This is all like, I just, I'm, I'm picturing and I'm creating a great beast for the bestiary with these he's like he he hits the goblins who are under his his sway to do more damage to you now and have better attack rolls because he's whipping them and saying get in there and he's i don't know i don't know how as, as a pc if i would really ever use this but maybe then the last part of this chain will heighten it for us the last part is terrorizing display you need the dazzling display feat you need the aforementioned demoralizing lash and taskmaster you need weapon focus. You need ten in. You need ten ranks in intimidate. Your battle prowess frightens friends and foe alike. When you use dazzling display, in addition to its normal effects, you can spur allies within thirty feet as if you had used the taskmaster feat, using the same intimidate check to determine the effects of dazzling display as this feat. In case you don't know, dazzling display is a weapon you have weapon focus in. You make you do a little show 
with it, and you make an Intimidate check on all enemies within 30 feet. So this is allowing you to make an Intimidate check and also make the Taskmaster buff check against all allies within 30 feet as well. Way too much of a feat dump. Next is a feat chain. Hob, Goblin, Discipline. You need to be a B of 1. The presence of other goblins bolsters your resolve. You within your 30 feet of at least two other hobgoblins, you get a plus one morale bonus on saving throws. Kind what, of, on all saving throws? Yep. Wow. I think this is kind of one to give to your to give to the foes that are fighting your heroes. Have a bunch of hobgoblins fight. When they're together, they're stronger. Or you just run your entire hobgoblin biker <laughs> gang party. <laughs> Stealing all, all the girls from the uh I'm never smart enough to keep up with my jokes. What's the... You live in a... Bubble. No. <laughs> Not a cul-de-sac. There's the city and there's a suburb. suburb. My gosh, darn it. <clears throat> it's not... I can't even make the joke anymore. I'm not in the moment. Let's move on. Your biker gang goes around hunting people down that swiped left on your Tinder profile. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Oh no, they're stealing all our women in the suburb. Dads cry. And you're reassuring each other, giving, boosting the morale, like, it's okay, no, you, you are attractive, you are desirable. <laughs> you know, before the Hobgoblins came in, this used to be a nice neighborhood. The next part of this feat chain is focusing below. You and your allies work together to shake off mental effects. This requires you just to have Hobgoblin discipline. An ally who has this feat can deal damage to you in order to break an ongoing mind-affecting effect that allows a saving throw. I already love this. <laughs> Your ally must cause at least 5 points of damage to you with the attack spell or other ability. You then reroll your saving throw with a plus 1 bonus for every 5 additional points Ooh. of damage the attack caused. If your save is successful, the mind affecting effect ends. Only damage actually dealt counts for purpose of this feat. Non-lethal damage and damage reduced or eliminated by damage reduction, resistances, and so on does not qualify. I wish this is something you could just do normally, but I like the idea that only hobgoblins can do this. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Like, great, pay attention. What are you doing? <laughs> They're literally running away. Jump on your Harley. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for their feet. So let's talk about any sort of racial weapons that they have. Or racial gear. They have actually a bit of racial gear, and the majority of it is like handcuffs and such yeah as a matter of fact let's not go through each one of these because uh it's exactly what it is there's fetters and then there's masterwork fetters and there's manacles and they're in this barbed version of each of these which is interesting i like that i didn't know fetters and manacles were specifically hobgoblin racial manacles gear. I just... are not but barbed manacles are and oh but fetters definitely are interesting fetters if you don't know go around ankles um, but no manacles. No more manacles can, are, are not racial equipment. Uh, and then, of course, also I didn't mention. I don't know if I mentioned, but masterwork manacles as well. Why don't Why don't you talk to me about their hobgoblin war drought? This is an alchemical remedy you can make. It has a craft DC of twenty, and it is ten gold. This drink is a foul-smelling alchemical blend of raw alcohol, mashed grubs, and medicinal mushrooms. A hobgoblin under the effects of hobgoblin war drought ignores all penalties resulting from the fatigued and shaken conditions for 10 minutes, after which he must succeed at a DC 15 fortitude save or be sickened for a whole hour. Anyone lacking the goblinoid subtype who drinks hobgoblin war drought must immediately make a DC 15 fort save or be sickened for one hour. Success means you ignore all penalties resulting from fatigue and shaken conditions for one minute, after which you are sickened for 10 minutes. 
Hobgoblin Wardrot has no effect on creatures that are immune to poison. If you are a Hobgoblin, the DC to craft this goes from 20 down to 15. Eh, it's, it's not bad. Flavor. Yeah. There's Brood Reek. Uh, animal musk, spoiled meat, pungent plants, and any other foul-smelling substance on hand go into a batch of Brood Reek. When boiled, this mixture becomes a thick alchemical slime that adheres to anything it touches. You can hurl Brood Reek at a splash weapon with a range increment of 10 feet. A creature struck with a direct hit must succeed a DC 15 fortitude save or be sickened for 2d6 rounds. If the target fails to save, it must make a second fortitude save or be nauseated for one round. Creatures in the splash area must make a fortitude save or be sickened for one round. A creature that drinks Brood Reek ugh, does not get a saving throw and is sickened for 2d6 rounds and nauseated for one round and gets yelled at by the DM for being a dummy. Uh, 40 gold, and it's a craft check of 25 alchemy. Not bad. The second condition's like a minus 2 on like attack rolls and such, so it's actually a pretty powerful combat trick. Their last bit of gear is referred to as Unstable Accelerant. This is 50 gold and a DC 25 alchemy uh, craft check. A volatile mix of incendiary reagents, Unstable Accelerant can be thrown just like an alchemist's fire. In the hands of an alchemist, a flask of unstable accelerant can be used as a part of creating a bomb, increasing its fire damage by plus 1d6 points. It has no effects on bombs that do not deal fire damage. If the bomb lasts for more than an instant, the extra damage only applies to the first round's damage. So, basically, little extra alchemist fire if you're an alchemist. I think I've used this actually in trailblazers to make uh, an alchemist fire more powerful that I give my players because they were at high level and the alchemist fire would have been uh, pretty useless unless it had this. I was normally just going to make it do more damage. I'm like, oh, there's actually a legit way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Hobgoblins have one magic item and it is the Hobgoblin Battle Standard but there's three different versions of it. So the first one is the Hobgoblin Battle Standard which is Despair. It costs 50,000 gold. It's a wondrous item. A battle standard is a cloth flag or standard typically two feet wide and four feet long meant to be carried and displayed on the lance, polearm, frame, or staff. It has no effect when not mounted properly or when lying on the ground. Hobgoblin battle standards only depict a device or insignia of a tribe or nation. Different types of standards grant different effects. A battle standard may be carried on foot or mounted or planted. In the latter case, if a standard does not need a bearer but it is toppled or touched by an enemy, it loses its effectiveness until reclaimed and replanted by allies of its owner. Have you ever seen The Patriot? Me personally? Yeah. I'm going to lie and say yes. All right, so continue describing. Yeah, so surely then you know, Christian, at the end of the movie mm-hmm. where he's like, wait, and the American yeah. fly back and forth. They're all like, oh, we can do this. We're not going to lose the battle, but we were going to anyway. But he's, he picked up the flag. We can do this now. <laughs> and they did it. That's what this is. You go up and they you start, do freedom, it. and we run forward, and then you know you get a democracy. So despair. <laughs> Enemies uh, of the bearer of a hobgoblin battle standard of despair are sickened while in 60 feet of the banner. Any enemy that sustains a critical hit while sickened because the standard must succeed in a will saving throw a 15 or become dazed for one round. Uh, ferocity, allies, gain a plus two morale bonus on attack. Morale, I keep saying that wrong. Plus two morale bonus on attack rolls, weapon damage rolls, saving throws against mind affecting effects, as long as they're in 60 feet of the banner. Ooh, that's really good. Yep. No wonder it's 60,000 gold. Yep, and then Iron Resolve, which is 45,000 gold. Allies of the bearer uh, of the Hobgoblin Battle Standard of Iron Resolve gain temporary 10 temporary hit points. 10 temporary. To tempt, tempt, tempt. And the benefit of the diehard feet. Wow. As long as they are within 30 feet of the banner. These temporary hit points can be gained only once per day per creature. This is like fits in with there was a, as, I, as you heard earlier, an archetype for the Cavalier. I feel like this is a perfect fit for them. Yeah, this is like something you would imagine like knights doing. Like a knightly kind of group of people. Whereas hobgoblins don't really fit that description. 
But I still think it's really cool. Like mechanically, it's almost like a a, a mini game. Like touch the banner. Oh no, there's a bunch of banners. Go touch them all and stop the enemies from being affected. <laughs> we can make some sort of wow raid dungeon with this. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for there not being much about the Hobgoblin, we did talk to him, talked about him for 31 minutes. And at the end, Christian, let me tell you what I think. I think I'd date this Hobgoblin. I think I would. <laughs> I think uh, there's definitely the flavor is potentially there. And I think you have to sacrifice some things to get that flavor. But I think if you just take that and just put it in your backstory or in your characters, just who he is, I think it could be interesting. Or whatever you want. We, we've, we've mentioned many times homebrew is like exclusively what I do. So I don't even use the stuff that Paizo gives me. I think the Hobgoblins I use are just part of the Orc army because I wanted to, to be more than just a bunch of guys with green skin. I'm like, okay, gray skin is in there now. Um, so I, I think they're, they're, they're not necessarily very interesting, but you can't say that their stats are bad. Their stats are, are just good when it comes to their ability score. They're a little lacking the racial traits and the feats, though. I think they're only boring when you look at their base stats. When you actually dig a little deeper and look at all those alternate racial traits and all those alternate feats, it actually fleshes out the race. I think some of the best fleshing out that we've seen throughout the race is we get the idea that they are um, slave masters. We get the idea that they are they have this hierarchy of society because you have like the unfit alternate racial trait where like there's specifically a group of goblins where if you don't make it into the military, you're like poop tier. Right. I think in general, though, I think there's a lot of more interesting options to choose from. And I struggled to figure out why exactly Paizo made this uh, without really making it, you know, distinct in any real way. It's almost like you could have just thrown this in the bestiary just as you want slavers. So these are slavers. Here you go. I'm trying to think of any Paizo material I've ran that has had hobgoblins in it. And the only thing that springs to mind is like one module where they were just hired as mercenaries and there's kind of the generic bad guys you fought in the place. Sure. Well, uh, next is the Ifrit, which should be more interesting, I think. Our first elemental race, I think. He's uh, he's, he's smack dab in the middle, so we're about halfway through the uh, featured races. We'll talk about him. And guys, we, we, we intend to cover every race, so after Ifrit all the way through uh, the rest of the featured races, we'll go to the uncommon races, and then even uh, five of the other races. And by the time that comes out, the new Beast Jerry should come out, which has even more races. Uh, so we're, we're very excited to, to continue to bring this and hope you guys have been enjoying the series. Please email us or tweet at us. Um, I'm hip with the kids. I can say words like tweet, right? <laughs> um, and and we love to hear what you guys think about this this part of the series and love hearing back from you guys. Tell us, have you ever run a Hobgoblin? Did you make him interesting? That I would love to know. And would you date the Hobgoblin as we've described? That's an important thing that uh, if you don't end with that, I, will just, I just won't read your... I'll ignore it. I'll remove it from my memory, so make sure you end with that. I'm swiping right. I'm <laughs> doing it. I'm doing it. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Hey, Brian, you want to play role-playing games tonight? I can't. My body's trapped in this strange membrane. Wow. Should I take you to a doctor? Nah, it feels really good. Just put my earbuds in. No, that's just wrong. But here at Tales from the Lich, we're all right.
When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com <sighs> That's just wrong. <laughs>